I wanted to start the show off by thanking all of the listeners that have um, listened to my show in the last couple weeks. And um, it's certainly been a boost and a motivator for me to continue to put out as much content as I possibly could, as I possibly can. And I I just um, I'm just super grateful. I'm super grateful for everybody that has given the show a chance. And um, I, I urge, you know, if you, you know, I urge you guys, if you guys are, you know, supporters or if you guys enjoy the content to spread the word, um, spread the word, you know, let let people know um, and, you know. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just at a loss of words. I really do. I really, truly appreciate that. And, um, also I wanted to, uh, let everybody know, you know, it takes extend an invitation to everybody that, you know, if you are able, or if you would like to send a voicemail, uh, send me a voicemail. You know, I check all my voicemails. I will correspond with all of you. Um, you know, and voicemails can be anything. It could be, you know, a particular idea or, you know, if it's a particular um, thing that you disagree with or, you know, a something you agree with me. If it's a statement, if it's a, a question. I will feature it on the next show. Um, And, you know, I'm looking to eventually uh, take these voicemails, these questions or statements or um, ideas and, um, you know, be able to uh, feature it on a show once a week, you know, and kind of like a mailbag show. So if you are interested, you know, don't don't hesitate, you know, to. Uh, reach out to me, uh, send me a voicemail. Um, you can find me on, follow me on Instagram, uh, J-R-I-G-G-2-4. Um, you can email me, jrig, J-R-I-G-G-2-4 at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I don't use Twitter very much, but um, I'll certainly, <laughs> I'm looking to certainly start using uh, Twitter more and more uh jrig24 uh you can follow me on twitter uh i just uh want to you know give people that that opportunity that uh, i'm always accessible um i'm always willing to talk to other people you know and um if you feel inclined um please don't don't hesitate to reach out and um you know add me on social media or, you know, just simply send me a voicemail and your voicemail will be featured on it on a, you know, separate show or, you know, or perhaps even the next show. All right. So with all of that being said, I I wanted to, to touch on something today that kind of piggybacks off of what I've spoken about in previous episodes. And it comes into this idea of, you know, the right in in this country, the right wing in this country, and the mischaracterization of the progressive position 
and the complete straw man of some of these ideas that are just simply not the case. And this really struck a chord with me when Jordan Peterson, uh, you know, renowned clinical psychologist, um, I believe he's from Canada. He, you know, he's a, um, a, a professor and, you know, he, he certainly gotten a lot of, um, I guess, publicity, you know, um, good and bad publicity, depending on what circles you, you hang out in. But, you know, as being sort of like this, this free speech absolutist. And that's where his uh, claim to fame, I guess you could say, on the national stage, really, he really became popular and prominent. Um, And, you know, I think some of his his points based upon, you know, maybe perhaps some of his ideas uh, on free speech absolutism and, you know, some of his libertarianish stances. I think some of his other ideas, he gets misclassified a lot. Uh, I think, you know, people kind of go after him on the left and attack him on certain issues unfairly, more or less. I think he does sort of get mischaracterized uh, in certain regards. But he had an interesting conversation. And, you know, it was a little snippet that I saw with Joe Rogan. He was recently on Joe Rogan's podcast. And he talked about, you know, the extremists, right? He talked about extremists on both sides, right? The extremeness of both sides and being able, you know, the people who are moderates be having to to keep these people in check or to, to make sure these people are in check, right? It's their responsibility. So it's, it's the people on the right, you know, who are, I guess, in his eyes, moderates. It's their job to, you know, the neo-Nazis, the the Ku Klux Klan, the people who are on the fringe right to kind of keep them in check, to keep those ideas in check, to quell those ideas, right? And the same goes with the people who are on the quote-unquote moderate left. To quell these ideas these these left wing ideas or extreme left wing ideas um, and to to quell quell these 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 ideas. And he goes on to talk about, uh, you know, the left and the extreme left and their their extreme left's fascination with uh, outcome like um, equality of outcome. Right. That was his big thing equality of outcome and he goes on to talk about how you know that's not that's not a a good idea that's unproductive it's it's extreme and i'm sitting there thinking as i'm i'm you know sort of and i'm sort of paraphrasing what what he was saying talking about you know this i guess the strain within the the so-called progressive community or the so-called left of outcome of the of outcome. And I had to really think 
because, you know, that's sort of the circle in which I reside in. And I never heard. I, 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 I would have to think I've never heard of any prominent left wing thinker, political pundit in the country ever talk about equality of outcome. Typically, what what people on the left argue about is equality of opportunity, opportunity for education, opportunity to, you know, to, to get their needs met, to be able to compete in a marketplace system. I've never heard of a left wing, um, you know, I guess prominent political, you know, and again, I, I can't speak for individuals because I'm sure they're, you know, they're individuals that think the world is flat. But as far as like prominent people on the left or prominent people who, who categorize themselves as being on the left, I've never heard that argument, you know, and, and by all means, if one could find, you know, prominent left wing pundits and you know, please send me a voicemail and, and let me know. Um, but it's certainly not a, a pervasive strain within the, the so-called left in the country. Whereas, you know, the, the example he was using with the extremist right, we have a, a rise of the extremist, quote unquote, the extremist right. So really, not even just in the wake of Trump. You know, the Southern Poverty Law Center studies this. They study right wing extremist groups, right wing hate groups, right? Uh, the Patriot militia groups, uh, neo-Nazis, skinheads, KKK. And there has been a steady uptick since I think it was 2008, 2009, a steady uptick of those groups of, you know, membership of these groups and an uptick of violence in the last 20 to 30 years with these groups. So it's, it's this misdiagnosis as far as, well, you know, both sides are equal and, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, kind of paint a picture as like, well, extremism, well, you know, oh, well, yeah, there's an extreme right, but, you know, there's an extreme left. Why isn't anyone talking about the extreme left? And that's not to say that there's no such thing as an ex quote unquote extreme left. I spoke about this on a previous episode, the last episode. Absolutely. But, you know, that's certainly not an issue in this country. <laughs> you know, if you want to go to like, you know, another country, maybe somewhere in South America or you know, where you have, um, you know, leftist, you know, militia groups and. OK, we can have that conversation, but it's certainly not anywhere near a comparison. Extremist right wing and extremist left, quote unquote, in this country, because think about it. I said this in, a, in my last episode. In this country, extreme left is Medicare for all. <laughs> extreme left is is publicly funded uh public college tax funded college that's extreme left in this country 
you know, but all that is in, in another country is just social democracy. <laughs> in, a, in countries that we stack ourselves up to other Western modern, quote unquote, Western first world industrial countries. Right. It really got me thinking after hearing this clip on how phenomenal the right wing in this country is at framing ideas and how terrible the left wing in this country is at explaining ideas to people as if they're kindergartners. <laughs> I think the left in a lot of times in this country gives people too much credit, right? So Bernie Sanders, big fan of Bernie Sanders, right? No, no surprise, right? No, you can hear, if you hear the way that I speak, it's no, no shock, right? Bernie Sanders, one thing that I've sort of disagreed with, and I think he has hurt the um, the Democratic Party, the, the progressive people in the country, is by framing his policy points, framing his political platform as... Uh, democratic socialism. I think he's done a, a, a wild disservice because it, it's sort of like this, this smoking gun. It's a misnomer. It's a misnomer. You know, Bernie Sanders and, and the people, you know, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez you know, I'm a democratic socialist. It's all about the branding. The right wing in this country, I will say one thing about them that I think they've done a phenomenal job. Branding, right? Every statistical study in a lot of their, their key policy points shows that that's not the case. But if you yell it loud enough, if you explain it well enough to the to the American people and if you frame things the way you frame things properly, you will get supporters. You know, look at the, the platform of the right wing when it comes to immigration. I've spoken about this. Oh, my God, there's a massive influx of illegal immigrants coming across the Mexican border. They're bringing all of this, this crime and they're bringing, it's just like a wave of like illegal immigration and it's a wave and it's like every single data, data point that studies this shows that there is no mass influx of people coming across the Mexican border and that the, the half, up to half of, of people who are here illegally are here because of over, they're overstaying their, their visa, work visa school visas, and that it's not like this mass influx of people, you know, by the millions coming across the border. But, you know, they frame it. And if you say it more, if you say it loud enough, if you say it 
over and over and over and over again, and you continue to hammer the point home, then you don't need statistics. Do you you realize a lot of these people, these guys don't talk with numbers. They, they, They appeal to emotion. Right? And that's good enough for the average voter. That's good enough for the average citizen. If you raise enough doubt, you know, people don't care about facts. They care they, they care about feeling. It feels like that. It feels like this country is becoming more and more brown, even though that's not the case. Trump goes on the campaign trail, talks about how, you know, these these urban cities, you know, it's like it's an urban decay and and all of the crime. And and, you know, we're going to we're going to bring back a system where, you know, police are going to be more heavily involved and essentially calling for stop and frisk all around the country. It was a big story on the campaign trail when it came to addressing the concerns, I guess, of the, the black voter. You know, look at, you know, what do you have to lose? You know, it's like you guys are living in poverty. You're living in crime. Never mind the fact that all of these major cities, just about all of them, except for Chicago, crime rates have dropped drastically. New York, L.A., these are cities that are as safe as they've ever been. Miami. You know, major cities are as safe as they've ever been. But, you know, if, if you know, this guy, if, if you know, they they frame it, 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 hey, it could be possible. It feels that way. You know, blacks and, and crime and there's always crime, a lot of crime going on in black, black cities and black communities. So it, it must it must be the case. You know, quote unquote, and I hate this term, black on black crime is down, you know, to all time around the country to levels as low as I believe. I think I saw somewhere in the 1950s, 1960, as low as that point. You know, a lot of these areas, you know, in these black communities and are as safe or safer than uh, than they've ever been. Or, you know, have been in decades. So where or where is this guy getting his information from? That's the question. That's the question. Where is this guy getting his information from? Because it's not based on any sort of fact or, you know, any sort of empirical data. But empirical data doesn't matter. It's framing. It could be true. Oh, you know, Hillary Clinton, you know, the reason she, she won the popular vote is because You know, there are two million, two million of those people that voted were illegal immigrants. That's what Donald Trump said. You had people that believe that not like two percent. You had vast majority of his base. Believing that. It was quickly debunked. But, you know, you see how people, you know, the right wing 
in this country, they say shit. And it's like, there's no rhyme or reason. It goes all the way back to Reagan. Oh, welfare queen. You know, those blacks and the, the welfare fraud and welfare fraud is such a huge problem. There have been studies that have come out that have shown that the vast majority, you know, not saying that there isn't welfare fraud, but, you know, one, white people use welfare more than black people. There's a higher number, I guess, just by definition, <clears throat> there are more white people in the country. So, yeah, they they use welfare more. And, you know, it's a drop in the bucket. Vast majority of people who, who use welfare need welfare. They need those benefits for one reason or another. So, but that, that framing of like, well, you know, it's the black folks and they're using all the welfare and they're, they're you know, driving up to the welfare office in the Cadillacs and, and eating steaks and it's bullshit. But it's a narrative that sticks to this day within the Republican Party. It sticks to this day amongst the Republican voters. <clears throat> That's the power of framing. That's the power of, of framing the narrative and framing and telling a story Although there is no empirical data to back that up. Bernie Sanders and people who are supporters of his movement <clears throat> do no favors to themselves by categorizing themselves as democratic socialists. Because the fact of the matter is these people are they're social Democrats. You know, they're not socialists or communists. They're social Democrats. Right? They don't believe in the private, private, you know, the privatization of, of, you know, goods, of all goods. It's a mixed hybrid. When you look at their policy points, it's the same policy points as um, excuse me, the, the same um, policy ideas of the UK, the same policy ideas of Ireland, or well, that's the UK, the same, <laughs> the same policy points of, I meant France, the same policy points of Sweden, the same policy points of Denmark, the same policy points of Norway, the same policy points of Germany, Spain, social democracy, Canada, A mixed hybrid system, uh, a mix of so of capitalism, a mix of socialism. We already have a, a mix of that. Public parks. I've, I've spoken about this in, in detail. That's socialism. Right. But, you know, their their message continuously gets bogged down, although, you know, their their ideas are popular their message gets bogged down in filth and bullshit and, and manure because all, you know, people who are trying to detract and they're, they're really trying to distract. I mean, you, you tune on, tune into Fox News, for example, 
they bring on a, a so-called progressive or someone in the in the vein of Bernie Sanders, and all they're trying to do is just muddy the fucking water. They're not interested in having a conversation or exchanging ideas. They're just trying to, you know, befuddle you. They're trying to like distract you, and they're trying to muddy the conversation to make your you know your idea look ridiculous. Right? That's what they're trying to do. Right? They're not trying. They're trying to straw man in a in a very passive aggressive sort of way. You know, socialism in this country has a bad, bad connotation to it. And it goes all the way back to the Soviet Union and the Cold War. And that's just the way it goes. You know, I do. I think it's ridiculous and it's stupid. Yeah, because we already have socialism in this country. Just because you don't call it socialism doesn't mean that so that there isn't a thing called socialism. That's not socialism. It is socialism. But, you know, when you outright call it that, it has a negative connotation and it takes away from your overall message and your framing and your your ideas because people are just hung up and they're distracted on the word socialism. You know, why be inflammatory for the sake of being inflammatory when the idea is to win people over on your ideas? (laughs) And to, to get those ideas implemented. And, and, you know, I would, you know, be less, I guess, irritated by, by that character, you know, that identity, that the slap of the, you know, that identity label. I would be less irritated if it was actually the case. And it's not true. You know, if you want to look at it from a political scientist or like, a, like the true definition of it. I mean, these people are social Democrats. They're social Democrats. That's it. Just call yourself a social Democrat. Why are you calling, you know, jumping out of the ledge? And then it's like, you know, you're, oh, socialism, you know, and then these idiots. Oh, Venezuela. You know, it's just the, the most ridiculous fucking thing ever. Venezuela, Venezuela. Venezuela, you know, even though it's, it's factually incorrect, it's, it's vastly different. I'm sure if you ask these people who talk about Venezuela, they know nothing about Venezuela. They know nothing about the nuances of, of what has gone on in the government, you know, and the corruption that is going on in the government. But, you know, oh, well, they give their people, you know, health care and they give their people, you know, uh, college. And well, that that's the reason why, you know, the country is in 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 turmoil, has nothing to do with corruption, has nothing to do with a history of corruption. It has nothing to do with the United States and their in, in interference and in, in toppling governments in, in the region in the past. That has nothing to do with. It has everything to do with, you know, giving people health care. It, 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 the conversation becomes muddied and it becomes uh, convoluted. And it doesn't need to become muddied and convoluted because it's not, that's not the case. Unfortunately, it just, people, that's just the way it goes. You know, they hear that and their brain gets turned off. Their brain gets turned off. You know, they're social Democrats. Alexandria Cortez, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, Bernie Sanders, you know, people in that same vein are social Democrats. 
That's a social democratic platform. That's the same platform that all of these other countries are, you know, Western countries abide by, except for the United States. And even the United States, to a certain extent, they already have some of that already. You know, so it's just it, I, I really, truly wish these people would just stop with the, the democratic socialism. Oh, I'm a democratic socialist. No, you're not. You're a social democrat. Stop confusing people and stop, you know, giving these right wing individuals, these, these dishonest actors and actresses in the conversation, giving them uh, an, an easy out, giving them an easy way to try to muddy or convolute your argument or discredit you. You know, Cornell West, same thing. You know, these people, they call oh, I'm a democratic socialist. You know, it's like, no. You know, then it's framed as communism. Oh, well, you see, these, these people want to just take your shit. They want to take, they want to, you know, tax you. They want to take your stuff. They want the government to the, to run, you know, to to be tyrannical. And, you know, they look at that. They want a totalitarian regime. Never mind the fact that, you know, a social democracy is a social democracy. You know, you have your, you know, your, your, your prime ministers or your presidents or whoever, your government, your parliament, right? Your Congress, right? But then you also have your, um, your, um, you know, your mixture, your hybrid of capitalism and socialism. You mix the two, you know? But again, the muddy, the waters get muddied because of the mischaracter, mischaracterizing of your argument, which convolutes the, the argument in itself. It confuses people who are uninformed. And, you know, it really gives people who understand, they know, they're in the business long enough, they know. But they're doing it purposely because they have, you know, they work for a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. These social democracy, democratic ideas are, you know, you, do you think these people, um, you know, these millionaires and billionaires want a system like that? They're good with the system they got. If anything, they, they want less taxes on them. I don't, none of my people need welfare. None of my people need health care. We got health care. All my people are straight. And then you start making excuses for people about people. Well, you know, they're less they're less deserving than than I am. They're less hardworking than I am. Never mind the fact that certain people are just dealt a hand. But it's a it's a coping mechanism with these people. But all it does is just give people a a, a, a way out. A way out that they don't deserve. And it frames an argument that, you know, is really not the argument at hand. You know, the left can learn a lot from the right as far as framing arguments, learning how to frame arguments, learning how to appeal to people's emotion. The right has done this for years. Let's appeal, appeal to fear. Let's scare people, scare the shit out of people. <laughs> 